Greetings in Jesus' name. This is Pastor Sean, and you're listening to The Intersection, not your normal fluffy Christian show. And for those of you who say that we should separate religion from politics, shame on you, because your politics should not affect your religious convictions, but your religious convictions should affect your politics, and we should talk about them together, mixed in one pot, a nice juicy stew of politics and religion. The two things they say never to talk about. Well, all elections are local, and we know that that is true here in Michigan. We have a huge election coming up this fall, and I want to talk about a few things. Tonight, as we, as I record this, it's Thursday. It will air on Sunday, but as I record this, tonight is the first debate between Big Gretch, Gretchen Whitmer, that lady from Michigan, and Tudor Dixon. And there's some things that people need to know. I'm sure that you, being a well-informed audience listening to Wham! and uh, listening to Therone uh, here, you are well-informed. But uh, just in case you miss anything, we need to not miss this opportunity, this midterm election. Do not let it fall through the cracks. I know there's people who say, you know what? Gretchen Whitmer's up by 14 points or 15 points. She can't possibly. Tudor Dixon can't win. Gretchen Whitmer is outspending her 14 to 1 because, of course, out-of-state Democrats are funding her. But can I tell you something? I think it's a little closer than what people think because you're seeing some Democrat panic by some spending, huge amounts of spending, um, to not only try to push Gretchen Whitmer over the line, and uh, also to push some of these terrible proposals, um, which, by the way, they are very deceptive, very deceptive. I talked just to, to a friend today who thought that Proposal 2 protected elections. He's, he's a hardcore conservative, did not realize that Proposal 2 is actually out to destroy fair and free elections. And we'll talk about that. But conservatives cannot let Democrats' midterm assault on kids and elections fall through the cracks in Michigan. We cannot let it happen. You know, Michigan Democrats are seeking to enshrine election takeover, <laughs> rights to abortion, and kids' trans surgeries in the state constitution. We have some things here that are actually about enshrining and changing them into the state constitution. Changing the state constitution all under the guise of some deceptive proposals. If you watch the commercials, they almost sound like they're advocating the other way on these proposals when, in fact, they are not. So we will talk about that. There are highly contested elections in Arizona and Georgia, and they've, they've attracted a, a, in a abundance of media attention. But Michigan is often neglected, and it's critically important. This state was won by Donald Trump in 2016 and Joe Biden in 2020, thanks to... Election interference. Pastor Sean, that's the big lie. No, the big lie is that the FBI suppressed information that could have possibly changed the election. And we know that in many Democrat districts, shenanigans happened. Can we prove it? Do we know how much? Do we know what it would have changed the election? Well, we don't. Yeah, we do. Yes, of course it did. Um, and the Rust Belt State is hosting one of the country's most competitive gubernatorial races that has incumbent Democrat Governor Big Gretch facing off against GOP challenger Tudor Dixon. Now, I want you to remember something. As they go out and, and, and try to tote some of these things, like the, the fixing the roads, which they just decided to try to do the last two months before the election, where did all that money go? 
and all of her, uh, all of her, you know, bringing jobs to Michigan, which didn't happen. In fact, crushed jobs in Michigan. There's a few things we want you to remember. I want you to remember that Big Gretch shut down the state in draconian measures on par and competitive with some of the most liberal progressive places like California and New York, destroying your economy. She sicked her attorney general, Dana Nessel, on business owners, hairstylists, restaurant owners who were simply trying to provide for their family during this shutdown. She used them. Dana Nessel used her position to attack conservative doctors and conservative uh, medical uh, professionals who dared offer other alternatives than vaccination or entire shutdowns or masking. I want you to remember that she forced people into nursing homes at a level that she tried to hide later. She tried to hide the numbers and skew the numbers later. She forced people into nursing home, causing the deaths of many, many of our elderly unnecessarily by her actions. Many of our elderly died alone without family members because of her draconian style actions during the COVID pandemic. Don't forget, she herself went and partied in bars, in public. Her husband tried to put his boat in and get special treatment because he was Mr. Whitmer, the second man. Remember that her lockdowns and her draconian things went far beyond many other states in length of time and in severity. Remember your children didn't learn in school. They sat at home, masked, learning remotely, and they fell behind. Remember your small business that was destroyed and no longer is open. Your favorite restaurant you no longer eat at. Your hairstylist who had to give up their jobs because Gretchen Whitmer destroyed the state's economy because she wanted to be ultra progressive and she wanted to be on she wanted to be on par with New York and California. And in two areas she was on par with New York and Governor Cuomo. It's in deaths of the elderly. In fact, Gretchen Whitmer could probably be called the greatest serial killer in Michigan of all time, Pastor Sean. How can you call her a name? Because of her neglect more people died. Big Gretch, the serial killer of Michigan, killed more people than any serial killer you could name because of her policies of forcing COVID-ridden people into nursing homes among her elderly. Was it accidental? Do I want to get too conspiratorial and think maybe boosting the numbers was the, the primary reason? I want you to remember that your children learned from home and fell far behind. Sports and other academic achievements were utterly shut down. Kids missed their homecomings and their proms and their last years of school. Parents had to take time off of work if they could work at all after she shut the economy down. She allowed Walmart, major retailers to stay open while mom and pop shops were crushed into the ground. And then we caught her herself celebrating birthdays and graduations in parts of the state that she lifted orders so that she could party for the weekend while the rest of us, us peasants, had to follow the draconian orders. Remember all of that. Remember that our economy was hit so hard 
and is still faltering in many ways as she totes her her jobs achievements, which are literally lies here in Michigan. While she is sending money to California plants to produce chips and to do things that outside of the state. Remember her, we're going to fix the fix the D roads, and yet they remain broken. Oh, there's a flurry of activity now right before the election. Where did the money go? Probably into the coffers of her Democrat friends for their re-elections. Remember that Dana Nessel persecuted doctors, threatened to take away their license if they questioned COVID lockdowns or getting the jab. And now countries around the world are starting to not only understand the the uh, mistake they made by forcing COVID lockdowns and forcing people to be vaccinated, but some of them are actually forbidding people under 50 years old to be vaccinated now because they're finding out all of the side effects. How about the Attorney General in Florida, who was, I mean, the, the um, yes, the I'm sorry, the the Surgeon General in Florida, who was forced off of Twitter, an African American doctor, highly achieved because he dared share the statistic that deaths among young men between the ages of 19 and 40 are up 84% due to heart problems, probably related to the vaccine. And despite all this, Gretchen Whitmer totes herself as the savior of Michigan, totes herself as the savior of the economy. Well, you know what? The only thing she's got to run on is abortion. Oh, they want to they want to beat this Roe versus Wade thing into the ground. And we're going to talk about some of the things they're going to do to try to codify abortion rights in Michigan, which, by the way, are extreme, real extreme, more extreme than you can imagine in Proposal 3. So despite corporate media's foregone conclusion that the contest. That the contest would be an easy win for Whitmer recently released survey data from more reliable polling firms, has shown Dixon giving the Democrat governor a run for her money. Quarter to a late September poll, the Trafalgar Group, Whitmer leads Dixon by roughly six points. Among the survey's 1,075 likely general election voters, even a CBS YouGov poll released this past weekend shows Whitmer with a six-point lead over Dixon, despite its use of less accurate registered voter. Now, I think they're going to be surprised because I think they're they're thinking everyone's going to show up over abortion or they're going to show up over... I think they're going to be surprised at the amount of people who are going to show up over the economy. Because you can tell people you're the jobs governor. You can tell people you're the jobs person. But when they go to work and they fill up their gas tanks and they see that the uh, draconian lockdowns destroyed much of Michigan's uh, business and much of Michigan's tourism, something that we profit highly on, it's going to be hard to convince those people that she's really that great in the cbs yougov poll finding michigan voters peg the economy as the issue they're more concerned about Ooh, heading into november with a majority rating the state's economy negatively such such statistics bode well for dixon who leads whitmer by 10 points 55 to 45 among michiganders who view the economy as one of their signature issues that alone should tell you that it could be could be in the bag for Tudor Dixon. Could be in the bag. Outspent 14 to 1. Well, if she really had that much of a comfortable lead, if she was really that comfortable with where she was sitting, why are they spending so much money on late advertising to smear Tudor Dixon? 
And while Michigan's gubernatorial contest is certainly important, voters in the state will be left with even bigger decisions to make on Election Day. And we're going to talk about these proposals right now. In addition to Michigan's numerous statewide races, two Democrat-backed initiatives will appear on the ballot this fall. One seeking to enshrine the left's election takeover policies in the state, Constitution, and another trying to do the same with abortion, plus a stealthy addition that would ensure a constitutional right for kids to amputate their healthy genitals. By the way, if you think Proposal 3 is just about abortion, yeah, you got to see the stuff they've got stuffed in there. It's Pandora's box, and they want to unleash it on our children. They want to enshrine it in the state constitution. So let's talk about Proposal 2. The amendment backed by radical left-wing groups would essentially codify Democrats' wish list of election policies into Michigan law. And by the way, the commercials are deceiving because it looks like, according to the commercials, which deceived my friend, that they're trying to codify election security when exactly the opposite is taking place. As the Federalist previously reported... Among the changes to state election law are requirements for state-funded absentee ballot drop boxes. Oh, we love those drop boxes. If you watch 2,000 Mules, you know how they use them. And postage for applications and ballots. Hmm, interesting. As well as allowances for private donations to fund elections. Well, wouldn't that just be great? Private donations to fund elections. The initiative would also provide voters with a right to fill out a single absentee ballot application to vote absentee in all future elections, which would keep mass mail-in balloting the least secure form of, of elections in place after such measures caused by a chaotic 2020 election. In other words, they're just going to send mass ballots out to people they think want to vote, whether they are, whether the person requests it or not. Proposal 2 just wouldn't, wouldn't just change the way in which elections are conducted, but also how they are overseen. Buried within the text of the initiative are provisions that would dramatically increase the power of the Michigan Secretary of State in auditing the election. That's what we need. We need one person, one entity to be able to audit election results. No officer or member of the governing body of a national, state, or local political party and no political party precinct delegate shall have any role in the direction, supervision, and conduct of an election audit, audit the proposal reads. In other words, if you want to audit an election, pound sand, peasant. The only person that can do it is the Secretary of State, which if they happen to be Democrat, we know how that's going to go. The proposal heavily mirrors policies found in Democrats' federal H-1 legislation, which sought to initiate a federal takeover of state and local election processes. By the way, not mentioned in here, it will be the suspension of the suspension of voter ID, which, by the way, 80 percent of minorities and more do support. You know, isn't it racist that they constantly pound this thing that minorities somehow don't have ID? Minorities, you should be you should be constantly in. President Biden said you can't go online to register to get a covid vaccine because many minorities don't know how to get online. The constant racism from these folks who want to pretend like minorities can't get a state ID, which is free or a driver's license is just ludicrous and it's insulting. But they want to use that because they want to lose. By the way. Are you really out for for election integrity? Do you really are you really worried about disenfranchising voters when you want to suspend ID? Why is it that only one side wants to do that? 
Why is that even Canada and Mexico, much more progressive than us, still require state IDs and state and and, and uh, election day voting, not election month? And they want to turn Michigan around and turn it into a place where you can vote. Uh, I was listening to the uh, the Republican um, candidate who's running for. Uh, who is running for Secretary of State, and she is fantastic. And she was saying this morning, they want to make it so you can vote nine, ten days before the election. Nine or ten days you can vote, but you have to vote in one precinct. Like everybody who wanted to pre-vote had to pre-vote in the one. How confusing would that be? Let's talk about the abortion amendment. Deceptively labeled as the Right to Reproductive Freedom Initiative, the ballot measured, commonly referred to as Proposal 3, would allow for virtually unlimited access to abortion with no clear limitations, which, by the way, most, even those who consider themselves to be on the pro-choice side. By the way, did you know that most people who identify as pro-choice are actually not pro-abortion? Most of them say, I wouldn't get an abortion myself, but I don't think I can tell someone else. It's kind of that ally thing, but they themselves... But when you start mentioning things like in this non-restricted abortion to have abortions up at nine months... Abortions up to the day of birth? The vast majority of Americans think that is grisly, disgusting, and should be criminal. So when someone tells you next time they're pro-choice, say, are you really pro-choice? Are you pro-choice to a point? And they always use the excuse, what about rape and incest? Which, by the way, um, aren't, aren't, aren't world changers forever. There's been many babies who've been born out of those situations who were welcomed. But even if you took those very, very small, small, those very, very almost almost unmeasurable percentage of abortions to justify the rest, it shows you they don't really care about victims of rape and incest. They just care about they just care about exploiting them to keep the rest of abortion legal. So the Right to Reproductive Act, Proposal Three. Unlimited access to abortion. No clear limitations. Abortion all the way up to nine months. According to the text of the amendment, every individual is granted a fundamental right to an abortion, which encompasses the ability to make and effectuate decisions about all matters related to pregnancy, including to not limited to prenatal care, childbirth, postpartum care, contraceptive, sterilization, abortion care, miscarriage management, and infertility care. The proposal would also see would also mandate that those seeking an abortion shall not be denied, burdened, or infringed upon unless justified by a compelling state interest achieved by the least restrictive means. In other words, you can get an abortion anytime for any reason, even if it's just hours before the baby is due to be born. You can have an abortion for fun if you want. And that said, individuals shall not be discriminated against by the state in the protection of and enforcement of this fundamental right. As noted in the analysis from the Citizens to Support Michigan Women and Children, however, the seemingly tame language included the initiative has the potential to have extremely far-reaching consequences. For instance, individual is not defined as to age, meaning the provisions of this amendment could apply to children as well as adults. In other words, underage children can get an abortion without their parental consent, without their parents even knowing. How would you like to be a parent and you get a phone call that your daughter is hemorrhaging? I guess, according to them, your 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 son too, because boys can have baby. Anyway, is hemorrhaging on an abortion table? You didn't even know she was pregnant. Could possibly be dying in an abortion clinic, and you didn't even know they were pregnant. It limits parents' ability to consent, but they can't take a talent on school. What does discrimination mean? Age discrimination is a real thing. So does this mean everything in the amendment applies to children? 
Rights are typically things protected from government prosecution. But this amendment says this right must be enforced by state enforced against who? Parents, doctors and nurses. Under current Michigan law, parents are required to consent for their underage child to basically have any medical procedure from their tonsils removed to an abortion. If approved by voters in November, Proposal 3 would undo such a requirement and allow female minors to end their babies' lives in utero without parental oversight or knowledge. In addition to a subversion of parental rights, Proposal 3 would also open the door for leftist judges and legal officials to codify Democrats' radical trans-the-kids agenda into Michigan's Constitution. As the Federalist senior legal correspondent, Margaret Cleveland, reported, this expansive and legalistically worded language in Prop 3, crafted by Planned Parenthood and left-wing backers, extends beyond abortion to create a constitutional right to several aspects of what transgender activists call gender-affirming care, despite it being neither affirming or caring. Under Michigan law, currently minors cannot be chemically or surgically sterilized or rendered infertile without their parents' consent. But under Prop 3, kids of all ages would be guaranteed the right to make all effectuate decisions about matters relating to sterilization and, and without discrimination, she continued. How would you like your child to receive gender-affirming care, get their gen- genitals mutilated, get hormones, get sterilized underage, and you don't even have to know about it? You don't even have to have a right You have no right to interfere in that process. This sounds healthy and good, especially for young minors who are already confused, already uh, being groomed by the pedophiles and the teachers unions. By the way, you might say that's harsh language. There is no reason for drag queens, for, for groomers, for people to be pushing the LGBTQ agenda in underage children unless it is pedophilia. If anyone talks to, to a child, that is underage. It's funny. We grant teachers and we grant other people the right to talk to our kids about sex when they're under 10 years old, 12 years old, eight years old, five years old. Now, normally, if anyone talked to a child other than a parent about sexual things at that age, they would be considered a pedophile. And I still just consider them such. These groomers are legalizing pedophilia. And by the way, the pedophiles are having the heyday of their life. This is the closest drag queens and and, and confused people and people who have uh, pedophile natures are suddenly close to our children, all in the name of inclusion. So, Michiganders, you have a decision to make. You need to be prayerful. You need to be vigilant. You need to know what these proposals are about. And you need to know that not only is our economy in danger, not only is our future in danger, but our children are in danger. Do the right thing and vote red during the midterms. Be informed and inform others and pray to God every day that we prevail. Until next time, this is Pastor Sean. May God richly bless you. We're the bad news. We're the young guns. We're the ones that they told you to run from. Yeah, the player's gonna play and the hater's gonna hate.